You are Locked On Packers, your daily Green Bay Packers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. R-E-L-A-X. Relax. We're going to be okay. It is time. It is time. I feel like we can run the table. We're going to do it. You are Locked On Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Peter Bukowski, and I cover the Packers for SB Nation. I cover the NFL for Fan Sided and Pro Football Weekly. And you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers. You can like us on Facebook. You can review us on iTunes. And you can find all the podcast content at LockedOnPackers.com. As we move through training camp, a lot to discuss the Packers have sold out family night. We're talking about practice. Not a game. Not a game. Practice. And we, we heard from Mike McCarthy on Tuesday. We heard from Brian Gudikins on Tuesday about the status of Jake Ryan and Kentrell Bryce. Not official injury timelines or official diagnosis yet. But we have some more information on what these injuries are looking like and how we think the Packers are going to approach them. We're going to start with that and then... Later in the show, we're going to look at a player who has absolutely stood out all through the offseason process, and that is a former undrafted free agent, a former Wisconsin college product, though not the University of Wisconsin, Jake Kumara. And the fact that he has stood out in a season where Green Bay drafts three receivers is interesting and and could potentially create some some roster calculations that the Packers have to make. We're a long way from having to make those decisions at this point, and and luckily we don't have to make them. Brian Gutekunst and Mark Murphy and Mike McCarthy, those guys have to make those decisions. But let's start with Bryce and Jake Ryan. Jake Ryan, it sounds like, has a significant knee injury. Reports were that the team fears it's serious. We don't know exactly what that means yet. We don't know how serious, but it, it sounds ominous. It sounds bad. The follow-up to that was, what are you going to do about it, Brian Gutekinds? That was the question from the media. And the response was, we're going to see what the young guys have. As I mentioned when we talked about the injury, there are players out there with experience that could come in and give the Packers something. And that's true. But here's the thing, when you bring in a player, a veteran player who you know has a defined ceiling in order to derive some sort of benefit from a a consistency or the knowledge that you're going to get a certain baseline level of play, what you're giving up is variance on the top end. You're giving up the option of having a young player grow into something more significant. And we see this all the time. We see rookie players come in and have an impact. We saw Marshawn Lattimore and Tredavious White come in on defenses as rookies last year at at a position that, frankly, rarely has impact rookies and be impact rookies. When you have someone like Oren Burks who can come in for Jake Ryan, it was always true that Oren Burks had a higher ceiling as a pass-defending linebacker than Jake Ryan. That variance level, on the other hand, 
was always greater overall because Jake Ryan was an outstanding run-stuffing linebacker. Oren Burks is not going to be that guy. And so what you're giving up is that consistency. It's, it's, it's no different, really, than the calculation that you make with a veteran and bringing in a veteran. Okay, Jake Ryan, we know he can do X, Y, and Z. And his familiarity with this, with this team, with these coaches, with the players around him, that all has value that can't be quantified. But at the same time, what you're giving up by playing Ryan instead of Burks is this variance in a more essential part of the defense. It's more important that a modern inside linebacker, especially a 3-4 inside linebacker, given the way that this team wants to play, that they can cover in space and that they can move and that they can run. These are the more desirable traits in the modern NFL. And if that means giving up some plays because he has the wrong run fit, or if that means trusting your scheme and your defense, I mean, there was a there was a couple plays on Tuesday where the Packers were, were able to stand up the first team offense at the goal line. Guys like Muhammad Wilkerson making plays. This is going to be a stout front, a really good run defense. They are in a position with the infrastructure in place to bring in a rookie. And, and this there, there is an interesting difference between this and years past. Remember the criticism that HaHa Clinton Dix leveled against the team that when, when guys were getting injured, they were having to bring in these undrafted free agents, these street free agents, these guys with no experience and, and no pedigree to come in and play big roles for the defense. Well, in one practice, Green Bay lost two starters. Kentrell Bryce, who we'll get to in a second, is replaced by Josh Jones, a second-round pick, and a guy who played last year because of injury. Jake Ryan goes down. Well, the guy replacing him is a third-round pick and someone Green Bay traded up to get, traded back into the third round. So that is a different starting point from a talent perspective than Green Bay had under Ted Thompson. And part of that is because Brian Gutekinds has gone and gotten some veterans. You get Muhammad Wilkerson, you get Tremont Williams, you bring back Devon House, and that might not seem like much, but there is a depth that that allows you to be in a position like this. Now, obviously, they, they didn't sign a linebacker or a safety. But what they have is depth already institutionalized at those positions because they play young players. Now, what we learned about the Kentrell Bryce injury is it is not serious. He was at practice on Tuesday, not in a boot, not taped up, not he was walking gingerly and he he was limping. But he said, the ankle injury, which is what we know. I mean, we didn't even know what it was until after practice because so few people actually saw it happen. And then the Packers are notorious about not providing very much information about these kinds of things. But we didn't even know for sure what the injury was or, or what even the body part was. Was it a foot? Was it an ankle? Was it a shin? Was it a, a leg? Was it a knee? Was it a kneecap? Was it a thigh? I mean, we had we really didn't have much of an idea of what it was until he said specifically what it was. 
And so that injury is not expected to be serious. Now, that, that, that does not preclude him missing significant amount of time. The x-rays were negative. We know that. But x-rays can be negative. You turn your ankle and you tear tendons. That can actually have a longer recovery time than if you broke your foot or broke your ankle without ligament damage, which you can do. Sprained ankles have a way of lingering and re-injuring. So Josh Jones has to take advantage of these opportunities. Whether or not he does, obviously, is, is a free and open question. But he's going to have the opportunity on Saturday to run with the ones at Lambeau Field on family night. And there have been guys whose stars have turned on family night. Guys who have become fan favorites. Guys who have earned more opportunities by what they do at fan night. I think it seems likely the Packers would not have Bryce for that. Just to be safe, you wouldn't put him in there. I wonder if the next few practices, the Packers don't actually practice today, which is a great time to have the Thursday show be our conversation with Ty Hildenbrand about EQ and Deshaun Kaiser, Korea Martini, because we won't have anything on Wednesday to reflect about. So... Josh Jones, he needs to take advantage of these practices Thursday, Friday, and then family night Saturday. We don't know what the timeline is for Bryce being back, but Jones, he needs to take the reins here. How much do they need to change the defense if it's Jones versus Bryce? Bryce, he hasn't proven a lot in the NFL as a player. He seems like the guy that that is more adept playing on the back end, playing deep. Josh Jones, more comfortable in the box, playing near the line of scrimmage, moving around. Is Mike Pettin willing to to tailor this defense to Jones being in the game? Let's say he outplays Bryce even as a deep safety, something he's less comfortable doing, or at least looks less comfortable doing, something he's certainly less adept at doing. Does Mike Pettin say, okay, well, you've proven you can play the defense as I had designed it for Kentrell Bryce and HaHa Clinton-Dix. But now I need to take what you do best and adapt. That was supposed to be one of Mike Patton's traits. One of his signature traits was that he would adapt to his players. He probably wouldn't do it in the short term, but if Josh Jones does end up playing Kentrell Bryce or these injuries linger or whatever the case is, and Josh Jones has to be the, the guy... Does Mike Patton make a change? Does he decide, I'm going to alter this defense from what I had planned when it was Bryce because it's Josh Jones now? I don't know the answer. And and maybe Mike Patton doesn't even know the answer. He doesn't have to know the answer because that's not the position we're in yet. And speaking of positions, sometimes you're in a difficult one because you're tired. And you know you need to work out. You know you want to work out. You haven't been eating as well as you would have liked. You haven't had time to go to the gym. Well, here's the solution. Nordic Track has a host of training equipment to give you amazing workouts in the convenience of your home. Treadmills, exercise bikes, incline trainers, strength trainers. You can join high-energy streamed workouts any time of day without stepping out the door. Join streamed workouts in both studios and exotic destinations around the world. Workouts are led by the world's top personal trainers to ensure you meet your fitness goals. 
and we have a special offer for Lockdown Packers listeners. Get a $75 credit when you make a purchase at nordictrack.com slash locked on using the offer code locked on. Again, that's nordictrack, N-O-R-D-I-C track.com slash locked on and use the offer code locked on during checkout to save $75 off your purchase. If you've been following training camp over the last few days or, or mini camps, this is a name that's come up. And from far away, you might confuse him for Brett Swain. He's tall, lanky, long brown hair. He's got the flowing locks, the lettuce. It's glorious. It really is. University of Wisconsin Whitewater product. And he has been making plays. He's been, he's been pulling from the old Janus playbook where once or twice a day at practice, he makes a big play or he makes an impressive play. Yesterday, multiple touchdown catches. And it seems like just about every day, he makes a long catch, he makes a big catch. He was rotating in with the first string offense on Tuesday. Getting reps with the ones. That is a significant development at this point in training camp. That doesn't by any means mean that he's going to make the 53-man roster. Doesn't mean that he's going to suddenly overtake Geronimo Allison or even Jamon Moore, Equinemia St. Brown, Marquez Valdez-Scanling, any of these guys as the four, five, or six. It just means he's playing well right now. And maybe they say, hey, can you return punts? Can you return kicks? The answer, by the way, is probably not because Kumaro is a big receiver. Six, four and a half in that 210, 212 range. He's got long arms, but he's this is this is not an undrafted free agent from 2018 who's somehow this young developmental player. He's 26, gonna be 27 in February. Was was a little bit of a late bloomer at Whitewater. And in fact, I went back and looked, and Bob McGinn, who who writes about these things, he was at the Journal Sentinel at the time. He wrote about Kumaro who was originally from Illinois, but went to Whitewater. And here's some of the things the scouts said. Not Didn't have a lot to say. He's very productive and he's big. He'll absolutely get into a camp. He could get drafted late. No, he didn't end up getting drafted. Another scout. Jake has the best shot of anybody in that league this year. We'll see if he has enough skill. He has the size. Not the strongest guy in the world. He won't get drafted, but other people might see it differently. He is Cousins. With Joey Bosa and Nick Bosa, the Bosa cuz, not a not a particularly impressive physical resume coming out. Ran four five four, which at his size is pretty solid, but not not a great burst score, not great with his jumps, just okay agility. Not a physical marvel is the point of this story. But the Bengals liked him, and the, and they had showed interest pre-draft. They end up signing him as an undrafted free agent in 2015. Just a couple months later, he's he's part of final cuts, winds up on the practice squad. The Bengals bring him back for 2016, doesn't make the team again, same situation, goes to the practice squad, winds up on the active roster late in the season in 2016. An, an ankle injury is what ultimately leads him to part ways with the Bengals last August. About a month later, He goes on injured reserve. They release him about a month later. A month after that, 
Kumaro goes to the Patriots. And in classic Bill Belichick style, he loves to sign and release, sign and release, sign and release. He, he, I, bet he, I bet he loves to fish. Releases Kumaro just, just two weeks later. And then a month after that, he signed to the practice squad. And Green Bay ends up giving him a futures contract. Which is basically like, hey, come into camp. We'll see what you got. You have a, a preferred tryout, essentially, to come try and make our team. He's a big receiver with some limited athleticism, a little bit straight line, but has some, some savvy. And he's got good hands. In some ways, he's the anti-Jeff Janis. Because Janis came in with every physical tool you look for in the world, but had no clue how to play receiver. Kumaro's a little bit of the opposite. Now, he has the size and solid straight line speed. He's got just okay athletic tools. Like Janice, he's a little bit stiff. But he understands much better how to play the position. Seems to have better feel. I'm not even saying he's definitely a better player than, than Janice, a better receiver than Janice. But just from a traits standpoint, there's not a lot of overlap there. Could he make the team? Could he make the 53? I have a hard time with that. Now, could if it was a situation where he did Brett Swain it, and it's like, okay, this guy can play Gunner, he can play every special teams, and we think we can sneak Marquez Valdez-Scanling on the practice squad. That, that, was, that had been my working theory. Well, I think that means that someone like Trevor Davis has to go. And given what we've seen early in camp and what Mike McCarthy has said about him, I think Davis is going to get every chance to make this team. Remember what I said earlier in the week. These things tend to sort themselves out. I said that about the safety situation, the secondary situation, and look what happened. This is how the NFL works. It is unlikely that Green Bay is going to get to the end of the year and have seven or eight receivers, all of whom they feel comfortable with and confident in. That's just probably not going to happen. Someone's going to get hurt or someone is going to play poorly. Or someone is going to play well enough that that they just have to be on the team. Or someone is going to get traded. It is rare that you get to final cuts and say, we have too many of anything. It's just rare to have that. Now, with Green Bay, it always seems to be receivers. And Packer fans are always nervous about letting those receivers hit the open market. Jarrett Boykin, Tory Gurley. There's a, there's a long line of, of Packers receivers that fans thought, oh, there's no way that if the Packers cut him, they can sneak him under their practice squad. And yet every year, they do just that. I think in all likelihood, he's going to have to show he has special teams value and a lot of it in order to make this team the kind of, the kind of special teams value that makes them say, Trevor Davis, if you're not a receiver, you have to go, which is probably where the, the position he's already in Davis is. But even under those circumstances, I find it hard to believe he makes the final 53. But for him, he might play well enough that he earns a job elsewhere. And that would be great for him. I don't think the Packers should worry that he's going to come back and, you know, haunt their dreams. A lot of Packer fans thought Charles Johnson would. Went to the Vikings. Didn't really do anything. Very rarely does a situation occur like that where it comes back to bite the Packers. Training camp cuts. Not a, not a long list, not even a short list 
of situations where that's happened. So, I mean, I I don't think Green Bay fans should be worried that, oh, if they don't keep this guy, they're, they're missing out on some primetime player. Mm, probably not. But is he, is he a great story? Absolutely. And am I excited to see him play in the games and, and move through this process? Yeah, for sure. Let's see what he's got. Because there's a surprise every camp, a surprise story. Right now, that surprise story is Jake Kumaro. And let's enjoy it. No practice today for the Green Bay Packers. And so our show tomorrow, it is a perfect time to use that opportunity to take a little bit of a break and dive back into our rookie orientation series. And we're going to look at Equinemius St. Brown with Ty Hildenbrand, the co-host of The Solid Verbal, a college football podcast that I would highly recommend to you. We have uh, a lot to talk about, a lot of Notre Dame-related things on the docket in Green Bay between Greer Martini and Deshaun Kaiser and uh, EQ. There's a lot on that bone. And so we're going to eat. There's going to be a lot of meat to get after. So we're going to do that. That'll be tomorrow. And then we'll be back, remember, with that augmented schedule, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday. Next week, I'm going to have Jason Hershorn, my colleague at Acting Packing Company, writer at NFL.com on to talk a little bit of Aaron Rodgers' contract, to talk a little bit about training camp and and some of the things that are sticking out to him. So we'll have that interview next week. In the meantime, check out APC, AccuPackingCompany.com, Fansided.com, ProFootballWeekly.com. Check out my Twitter feed, at Peter underscore Bukowski. Go like us on Facebook. Help us grow our community online. Leave a review on the iTunes page. Enter the Pro Football Focus Edge subscription giveaway. You've heard me talk about it before. Go enter. Go do that. Even with the injuries, there's been so many storylines, so many things to talk about. There's still a lot to talk about. We didn't even get to some of the stuff I wanted to get to with the secondary this week, but but there's going to be time. There's going to be time to get to it. We are loaded for bear going forward with storylines. You, you have to stay up to date. I want you listening every day. I want you to want to listen every day so that you can stay locked on back.